Last week we looked at the need for us to be stretched. Looked at the fact that we're, we're made for greatness. That is, we're made to be filled with God. We're made to become God, as one, someone once said, that God became man so that man might become God. What I quoted Pope Benedict last week, saying though, he said, but our hearts are too small for the greatness in which they're destined for. So our hearts need to be stretched. So just like pushing a muscle or a tendon, stretching a muscle or a tendon past its normal spot that it likes to stay, it oftentimes causes pain, but it usually produces growth, improvement. Last week we heard from Paul of Hebrews chapter 11. This week and next week we're in the 12th chapter of Hebrews. And last week in chapter 11, what was going on was the heroes of faith, Abraham, Moses, Noah, Isaac, Jacob, we heard about their struggles. We heard about their hardships. And even in the midst of their struggles, in the midst of their hardships, they didn't give up. They kept going. One step in front of the other on their journey, they persevered because of their faith. And we saw how they were stretched. We saw how they became great. And so all that leads to today of what Paul was doing in chapter 11 and what he wants his readers then to take from it. Why he, why he did what he did in chapter 11, we then hear now what he wants us to do. And what we hear and what he wants us to do, like his readings or his, his listeners then that, wrote, that read the letter, for us today, we hear, we're told that upon hearing all that, we are now to rid ourselves of everything that keeps us from running the race freely. The race that they ran is the same race that we run today. And in order for us to, to run the race well, like they did, we've got to rid ourselves of every sin and burden that clings to us, he says. In verse one, it says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, everyone who's gone before us, let us rid ourselves of every sin and burden that clings to us so as to persevere in running the race that lies before us. And so, right, I think right away we hear ridding, ridding you know, the phrase ridding ourselves of sin, we can, we can have like a, you know, sin, you know, church lingo. It's, uh, you know, we can, it can make us feel a little uncomfortable. Here's some moralizing that's gonna happen, Paul's gonna do, or even in this homily. But it's important to remember that sin, the word sin as used in in the Old Testament and New Testament, the Hebrew word for, for sin is hata, which the, the basic meaning of sin isn't even religious at all. It just means failing, missing the mark. The thing that I set out to do, to aim for, I don't hit it, I miss, I fail. And so, the goal that we set out for, as we've been mentioned, is to become great, is to become like God by loving God and our neighbor. And so therefore sin or hata, missing the mark, is saying things, is doing things that's not loving God, loving our neighbor, not being the man or woman that we're created to be. And as Paul says here, rid yourself of every sin 
It's like, isn't that, I mean, isn't that unrealistic? Every sin? But then if you think about it, it's like, what else is it going to say? Rid yourself of most of the sin? Strive for that? Strive to, to rid yourself of, of, of some of the sin in your life? And if it's not, if, if it's most, if it's some, what is this? Is it, is it 50%? Is it 75%? No, the, 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 the thing to strive for is to rid yourself of every sin that clings to you, that weighs upon, that weighs upon you, that, it, that prohibits you from running the race freely. And of course, that's a, that's a high bar, which is why he prefaced everything with chapter 11. And before he even says, let us rid ourselves of every sin and burden that clings to us, what does he say? He says, you've been, since we're surrounded by such a great clot of witnesses, that is men and women who've, who've overcome, who've rid themselves that, of, of the things that cling to us, also cling to them, and they were able to rid themselves. So pick, I mean, for, for us to pick the sin, pick the thing that clings, that clings to me, that, that keeps me from running the race, whatever it might be, pick, it, pick lust. One can look then at St. Augustine, who lived in the year 300s. As he wrote, he, he, he described himself as, as being tortured by lust since his youth. He once famously said, Lord, make me chase, but just not yet. He described himself as being chained to the floor with lust, that he just, he, he couldn't kick it. But the thing was with Augustine, he became unchained. He did rid himself of the sin of lust that clung to him, that kept him, that he was missing the mark, that kept him from being the man that he, he knew he was being called to be. And since we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, we can look back the question then ask ourselves, if, if he can do it, then what's keeping me from doing it? If it's possible for him, what's, what's keeping me from doing it? And that's, that's a really important question to ask. Like it, the it, question to ask ourselves, am I, am I doing everything I can to rid myself of, this, of the sins and burdens that's clinging to me? that's keeping me from running freely? Am I throwing the kitchen sink at whatever it might be? Have I done that? And I think the answer to that question for most of us, if we're, if we're honest, the answer to that question is no. It's like, I, I can throw more at it. To rid myself of the sin and burdens that cling to me. I recall a, a number of years ago, a man came to see me who was struggling with chastity and habitually so, confess, telling me, Father Mark, confess it over and over again for all these years, and it's causing a mess in my life. And he, 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 was, he was a man who was desiring freedom, but he was despairing. He was losing hope as it was causing a mess in his life year after year month after month, and I, I, once I asked him, I said, okay, what actions, I, I said, what actions are you putting in place to rid yourself of this? And he said, well, well I, I go to confession all, all the time. And that's not nothing, that's huge. That's, that's where, we're, that's where we're, the, the saving action of the cross is applied and we're, we're set free from, from sin, we're forgiven. 
But I asked him, what work are you putting in? And he looked at me, you know, confused. I said, what, what, are you reading any books on the topic? Are you listening to any podcasts on the topic? I just went through this list and to each one at the end, he just said, he said, no. Two months later, he came back literally like skipping. Say, Father Mark, Father Mark, two months, two months have gone by and I've slept up one time. And he proceeded to show me these books that he's read, the podcast that he's been listening to, the, the online conference that he attended, the accountability partner that he has, that's putting in work. That's, being, that, that, that's getting serious with like throwing the kitchen sink at this. I know I need to rid myself of, of this sin, that burden, because it's weighing me down and it's keeping me from running freely. So I'm, I, I gotta put some work into this. We heard verse four say, the last verse of, of our reading today, it says, in your struggle against sin, and just name what it is, you, Paul says, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. We wanna leave here today all the more determined, maybe the most determined we've ever had before to say, I am, what, wherever it is that I'm missing the mark in my life, that's keeping me from hitting the, game, hitting the goal, the aim of which that I'm on, loving God and loving, loving, our neighbor, loving my neighbor, I'm gonna throw the kitchen sink at it. And what's interesting is that in verse one there, it's not just rid yourself of every sin. He also says, rid yourself of every sin and burden that clings to you. And, and the Greek there, burden is separated from sin. It's implying that there are things too that are not sinful in my life. It's not sinful, but it's still a burden to me. The image that Paul is using is a runner who's running a race and a runner who wants, who's, wants to run freely in a race. He wants to rid himself of everything that's unnecessary that's keeping me from running freely. Even things that aren't sins, but are burdens upon me and they're burdens upon my family that's keeping me and my family from running freely or reaching the goal or reaching the aim of which we're called to. And I just, maybe just end, end here and end with this, which is really, really important for us to get and to understand. After Paul says in the first verse, verse one of chapter 12 and says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every sin and burden that clings to us so as to per persevere in running the race. The next verse, verse two, says, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as you're running the race. As you're doing all those things, don't do it without keeping your eyes fixed on him. Because given our fallen nature, we will always struggle with the tendency to sin. We will always struggle with the tendency to miss the mark in our life, always. And as Jesus says in John chapter 15, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That is, that is embarking on this journey of ridding ourselves of every sin and burden that clings to, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so that's why what it is, what, what, what do we need to do? We need to stretch out to a power that's outside of us. St. Augustine overcame the sin of lust and he put in the work, but it wasn't until that moment in the garden when he picked up the letter of St. 
one of Paul's letters and he picked it up and he read it. And it was a moment of grace and infusion in him that allowed him all of a sudden, it's like, then he, he, he finally was able to break through. We were utterly powerless outside of him. And ultimately, what, what's the stretching that's going on? The stretching at the end of the day is God in his love stretching out to us. Maybe especially for some of us in the pew this morning that think it's like, I'm maybe like that guy or I'm too far. Know that the stretch from the cross, his stretch never comes up short. It never comes up short. For the sake of the joy that lay before him, Paul says, Jesus endured the cross. That's the saving act on the cross of his arms stretched out and to know that when we do put in the work to have every sin and burden that clings to us to have that fall, it does not fall to the ground. Our sins don't fall to the ground. Our sins fall upon his shoulders. They go to the cross. He takes it upon himself and he says, I'll gladly take it. It's why I came. I defeated sin. I defeated death. So as, to, so as to liberate, so as to rescue. And so let us, let us leave here today all the more determined to rid ourselves of every sin and burden that clings to us, so as to persevere in running the race. And when we do that, let us fix our eyes on him. And when we do, when our eyes turn to him, we'll see that it's his arms that are outstretched wide and far after us.